0: without my mic muted hey everyone welcome back once again to another episode of crossover commerce my name is ryan kramer and i'm the host of this show where i have my corner of the internet called crossover commerce where I bring the best and brightest in the amazon and e-commerce space what does that mean for you well if you're an entrepreneur just starting out on your amazon or e-commerce journey or you're an advanced seller and you've been doing this for years on end and maybe looking to sell your business in the next couple months this is the podcast for you you're going to learn from experts in the field Helping anywhere from starting out in your business, software solutions, all the way to marketing and advertising, sourcing logistics, payment solutions, international expansion, you name it. That's what we talk about here on this podcast. This is episode 205 and every episode, like every episode, if you've never joined us, is presented by Ping Pong Payments. What is Ping Pong Payments? Well, they are a solution helping and saving sellers like yourself possibly save more of their hard-earned money that's either sending or receiving their funds internationally that could be sending money to your supplier manufacturer your vas if you have employees working worldwide um, it could be a business entity uh, sending them out and paying your vat or your uh, value-added tax or your uh, taxes Um, you could do that with ping pong payments and if you're selling internationally or you're located in a different marketplace than your own you can actually receive using a ping pong account today. It's free to sign up. All you have to do is just go to usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast to catch all of our past episodes, but then also sign up for free today. Um, like I said at the top of the show, this is episode 205, which means 204 episodes are located there. But I'm excited about today. This is a action-packed week. Um, I call it D week because all of our guests seem to have Ds in their name. So uh, with that being said, I wanted to go – I'm really excited about going back and touching on the software space, which is where I have been familiar in um, as well in the beginning market. We're going to be talking about the Amazon basics. That's right. Going back almost to school and starting a where to begin your journey. If you're looking to get involved into Amazon, you might be thinking I have a great product or where do I even start my journey? This is going to be a great episode for you. So without further ado, Going to go ahead and bring on co-founder of Seller App. Um, I won't say friend of the show, but the company's friend of the show, friend of Ping Pong, um, Dilip, uh, Dilip, uh, excuse me, Dilip, uh, co-founder of Seller App. Dilip, thank you so much for joining us on Crossover Commerce today.
1: Hey, thanks, Ryan. Uh, Really excited to be here. Um, Looking forward to covering some of the basics. Obviously, it's a very vast topic. Uh, Hoping that we can cover most of the stuff in the
0: next one hour. Well, absolutely. That's the great place to start is at the beginning. When you said Amazon basics, a lot of people think, no, not the products that Amazon is selling, right? We're talking about more of the, if I'm an entrepreneur and I know I've heard from YouTube or blogs or even looking at seller apps website, just the notion of selling online is still foreign to a lot of different people. They don't know that it's a concept where you can make and be an entrepreneur in that journey. So let's start from the beginning. Maybe give us a quick background of yourself and why you helped co-found Seller App and um, we can get going from there.
1: Yeah, uh, I think most of the uh, most of the folks out there whom I saw that like, uh, who either build their own software so for Amazon, I think they have been sellers, right? And they come from their own pain point of selling on Amazon. They realize that a lot of things, there are no data to uh, look forward, right? But I come from the other side. So I come from the, software engineering background so i completed my graduation in uh, electrical engineering way back in 2015. so being in the software industry now close to 15 years right now a decade has passed right now so i worked in around five different geographies like um I started in one of the one of the biggest one of the 50 billion dollar uh, software company way back in 2005 and worked in countries like japan uh, silicon valley uh, I mean, India, obviously, all those uh, geographies. So uh, the reason by which I, um, I choose something like uh, building a seller software is like, so before seller app, I was actually running another venture, which was into a- advertising, right? And this was way back in 2014 and where Amazon was still a very, very small, right? I mean, uh, Amazon had maybe like two or $3 billion in terms of overall ad revenue. And uh, Google, Facebook, and multiple ad networks out there, they were really huge, right? But the one thing which was very clear was the growth of Amazon way back from 2013-14, right? It has been steadily growing. The, the amount of money advertisers or the seller spend on Amazon has been growing. Seeing that trend, I think uh, somewhere around 2017, I partnered with uh, another of my co-founder, Bridge, who used to work in an e-commerce domain at that point of time. So we both partnered and started Seller App way back in 2017, right? So it's been now close to four years of journey right now, and it has been really exciting. And uh, again, in the last four years, just in front of our eyes, we could see Amazon really, really growing big, right? And the number of sellers are exploding, the revenue of the third party sellers on Amazon is exploding. Yeah, so it's a really an exciting journey.
0: Well, absolutely. First off, congratulations again. And four years is is no time whatsoever. It, it's a journey that I think a lot of people can say if they've been around for four years, you made it in Amazon. But just in the software space alone, that, that's such a hard journey to get in. So what you and you had made that notion of very difficult and constant education and tweaking, and I know very well. It's never a set process right it, it's not a uh, step-by-step process that you can just rely on every single day throughout the year amazon's making tweaks constantly uh, they can change the access to api and whatnot what from your perspective made it think that this was the opportunity this is something that we can help the market understand a little bit better and put our own spin on it
1: so i think there were uh, two major uh, signals the first one is obviously the growth of amazon advertising And uh, we could see multiple unicorn companies uh, coming out of building softwares on the top of, let's say, Google advertising or Facebook advertising, right? There are multiple billion dollar companies out there. So this was obviously a trend where and Amazon was like, I think now also, if you look at it, right, Amazon advertising is still really, really evolving, right? So that was a one major trend. Second thing is lack of access for the 30% lack of access in terms of specifically data for the third-party sellers, right? And um, if you look at it, the number of sellers out there and the amount of data which they can get from Seller Central is too very much limited, right? Or they just get very basic data in terms of their order data or the revenue or how much ad is spent, how much revenue came. It's a very basic data, right? So when you look at and, and when you really look at essentially the, the most successful sellers out there, I mean, some of the top 10 Amazon sellers, you can see that they have developed internally a lot of these softwares, right? And because they do have that investing power, they can invest millions of dollars, build their own softwares to essentially scale their revenue, right? But when you look at a third party sellers, the long tail set of customers, uh, sellers, they don't have access to this data and they cannot really build a software, right? So this was a clearly a big trend, uh, the number of sellers out there and the I mean, currently, if you look at the third party sellers, I think uh, I saw some data recently published by eMarketeer and it said that there are more than 10 million Amazon sellers out there. Right. I mean, third party sellers. So the numbers are very huge. So both these trends, it was already a very, very huge positive signal for us to essentially venture into something like uh, the data analytics for sellers.
0: Absolutely. Good point. For people who are listening to this and or watching this, they might be on that journey or they might not even have to start the journey, right? 10 million that you quoted is a large number. And that's the amount I believe of accounts started all the way until obviously, is that active? We don't don't necessarily know that, but that's total amount of people that have seen Amazon as an opportunity. And that's what I wanted to talk about with you today is just the opportunity and the basics and understanding of what is that opportunity available? And you already mentioned the spending power, the growing power of which Amazon kind of touches worldwide commerce, but then also the ability for a person or an entrepreneur to come onto that platform pretty easily, I would say, and to make their mark and to start selling at a quick and rapid pace. It's almost unprecedented, right? The, the, which of which you can launch a business or a brand on a platform like Amazon is almost unheard of. So Let's start from the beginning. Where, as a company, do you try to educate the market before they even come into Amazon?
1: Yeah, so I think, um, so when you look at the uh, the Amazon journey, it is very, very fascinating because um, you see a very good percentage of sellers who are coming with a very hard, very strong reason to sell on Amazon, right? Either many of them might be looking for an extra source of income, like they are already working somewhere and they just wanted to get an additional source of income or you can actually also see very very educated sellers coming out maybe from a retail background right they have been selling retail offline stores and now they understand the power of online power of online e-commerce and they really want to start right so i will essentially kind of put it into two buckets one is very very learned users and one is essentially not learned users right so as a platform or as a software, we, we kind of constantly get users from both the buckets, right? I mean, they can, they might have some background on commerce and they started, or there are people who essentially absolutely don't have any uh, background, right? So I think where we start the journey is the first phase where um, they are looking to even identify a specific category to set, right? And uh, the point is essentially many of them may not have a very strong idea that, okay, I want to really start selling this product, right? Or I am very fascinated. I see a huge demand in the market or I see a huge gap in the market and they start selling, right? It's not like that. Most of the cases, 95% of the time, people just come with that intention to sell, right? They have an intent. They have a strong intent, but they don't know what to sell, right? So we start seeing people from all the way from that background um, who has a strong desire to sell, whom we might need to really start working with even the first or the first product or the category in which they should start selling, right? So we will give specific data points about, okay, these are the 40 or 45 different categories on Amazon. These, This is how the trends are looking like. So it may start from there, right? Now come to the second bucket of users who, who already have a some kind of product expertise or a category expertise, who knows the product in and out. So those people, I, I think it will be more about connecting them with how they position the product. And they might have multiple products they are selling offline. Now they want to select which product they should sell online, or I mean, identify the cohort of products which they have to sell. So that will be the case, right? Where they come, they search for their interesting products. We give them multiple data points related to what kind of estimated sales or how is the category looking or how much initial inventory you should keep what kind of advertising expenditure will come all those data right so it will be more of an advanced data but again um as a software i think we sh- we really need to support all kinds of sellers right and uh on our last four four years of journey like most of the sellers comes in the first bucket right where they have a strong desire to sell they have started seeing the growth of amazon started seeing the growth of third-party sellers and they just jumped on right? so we are we are balancing both uh, i mean that's a very tough place to be in but that's fortunately or unfortunately we need to support all kinds of sellers
0: well uh, what's such a beautiful and almost a very difficult uh journey for a software solution in your perspective um speaking from experience when you're talking to a beginner market there's no established customer base right you can't yep. you can't go to a lead generated list of people who are who are actively searching for a product. It's almost as if you are going and you have to either create your own set of customers or you have to find those people who have the intent to potentially even sell on Amazon. So that's the difficult nature, which in the crux of which you are talking about of you have to service the people who are potentially going to be an Amazon seller, but then also have to support people's growing journey too. So with that wide, wide variety has been difficult or almost easier as as you're developing messaging tools research functionality almost the the breadth of which you need to cover all these resources instead of maybe a solution that's down the line that's helping more of a niche customer base
1: uh very what very you- interesting question it is no. obviously very tough uh, if you really want to support the whole uh, <laughs> broader range of customers i completely agree to you ryan and um, so what we have uh, taken as a decision is yeah, somewhere last year is um, the, the beginner sellers out there who just started the journey, absolute beginners who are um, yet to identify a product to sell or just started selling, right? I mean, who are yet to generate that initial set of sales. What we have done is we have actually launched a freemium product uh, somewhere close to a year back and we made the platform with all the functionalities absolutely free for them, right? So we have more than 100, 120,000 sellers who are absolute beginners, who is yet to generate any revenue on Amazon. They can use our platform absolutely free of cost, right? They can just log in, they can start using all functionalities free of cost. And we have also started conscious decision to include functionalities which are more advanced in nature, right? Like for example, I would say that, okay, Anyone who makes less than ten thousand dollars revenue on Amazon, we consider them as beginner sellers, right? Because, which means the Amazon revenue is not something which they can, with the just with the Amazon revenue they may not be able to survive, right? I mean, I mean you Correct. make ten thousand dollars, you are, let's say you are net profit net margin is let's say ten percent, which is like thousand dollars, you might not be able to survive. So what we have done is all the beginner sellers they can come use the platform absolutely free of cost. Now the next bucket who is essentially the Uh, Mid-market sellers, the sellers who already started generating revenue and the bigger brands, the private label brands or the D2C brands or you call it as the CPG brands, all of them, we have actually started building more and more advanced features for them, right? So some of the things I would like to cover today is like uh, the advertising automation, right? So we have seen a huge amount of success by launching those functionalities, which which are really, really targeted towards bigger sellers, right? So uh, that's a constant decision we have taken. And um, now I would say hundred percent of our revenue comes from the mid market and the large sellers, whereas the maximum usage for the platform comes from the beginner sellers, right? Because they are the ones who are actually every day logging in and seeing how I can, okay, I just made only hundred dollars today. How do I make it 500, whatever? So the usage comes from the first bucket, whereas the revenue for us comes from the second bucket.
0: Right. Which is which is the ultimate balance of any company in the state. But it's a good thing, too, because um, what we've noticed, too, is when you're talking about data and analytics, it's the crux of which, and I use this word a lot, it's which the basis of which a lot of people have to make their decisions right to know that the market's there to trust that which there's going to be that buyer persona it exists and you have to trust not just the data, but the company that's servicing that it can be outdated for any reason. It has to all make sense and paint it in a picture in which companies like you have to help customers kind of lead them again, the horse to water, but you can't make them drink, right? You can obviously show them great opportunity in this potential segment. You have to develop something that you have to figure out what to do with that data too. So right, so making it useful, making it friendly for them to find this information and, dip and sift through the millions upon millions of products which Amazon is currently have for sale on their platform, um, is it, is this something that you think that is is going to continue to be a lot of people entering the market over time, or do you think it gets smarter in terms of which entrepreneurs are entering? people who have started that retail business and they want to build and develop their online business, or do you think that they'll just be this continuation of people starting a business entrepreneur journey on Amazon from the get go? Does that make sense? Is it, do you see this trend as a a continuation or is it something that you're going to evolve as, as the market dictates?
1: So I think, um okay let's look at some very uh, basic numbers here right so i think um, i looked at this number sometime back uh, and it was saying that around 2.1 billion people currently buy products online right and uh, but if you look at from the total world population it is still less than let's let's say 30% maybe 25% or 27% right so 27% of the world population buy online that's the first trend the second trend is the if you look at the offline versus online or e-commerce revenue, um, the e-commerce is yet to touch five trillion dollars of revenue, and it was I think the data actually showed that in 2022 it's about to touch five trillion dollars. And if you really compare again this with the offline retail, it's still way behind, right? I mean the the penetration of online e-commerce even in a country like United States is less than 20%, right? So there is a huge runway to go right so that's the second trend and the third one is the the growth of third-party sellers on amazon right and um, we know that okay 10 million amazon 10 million sellers are third-party sellers on amazon but if you also look at the next trend which amazon actually do share which is actually essentially about the revenue of third-party sellers on amazon right and um and maybe if you look at three years back it was close to 40 42% of the revenue comes from third party sellers and the uh, last year uh, if you look at the data it was close to 57% right so the amazon is growing uh, the online e-commerce is growing and on the top of it the third party seller revenue is growing right so everything is positive for us uh, okay point 1 tick point 2 is correct point 3 is okay but still when i look at 2021 and the kind of difficulties sellers had last year, like, okay, obviously they had uh, supply chain issues and inventory issues and all of them. On the top of it, the competition is also growing, right? And uh, I mean, 10 million sellers, that means that there's a huge competition out there. So again, uh, if you're not really smart, if you're not using the data to your advantage, it's not like 2015 or 2016 where you can automatically just create the product, put it on Amazon, and you're hoping that magically the sales will appear, right? that time is over right and it's a very very huge intensive competitive environment out there so it's not going to be easy but again uh, if i look at three or four top opportunities out there in, in for people i think amazon is definitely one of them
0: no that's a, that's a great great breakdown of which the opportunity presents itself let me kind of take a different approach to and say um with so much data and there's so much opportunity, I think that a lot of people experience the what I call, use the phrase analysis by paralysis, yeah. uh, or paralysis by analysis. Right? Of I can look at so many different opportunities, and as an entrepreneur, you want to tackle them all. But until I get smart and I can tackle it and I can find a solution, how how do you guys overcome at Seller App the notion of which? to really get focused as an entrepreneur and to show them, hey, listen, there's lots of opportunity, but use our data to get smart about that opportunity. What, what's kind of that, the pros and cons of which you have to tackle that notion?
1: I think the first point is very right. I think uh, too much of analysis obviously leads to paralysis. And we have seen this with multiple sellers, right? I mean, there are a lot of sellers whom we have seen who really want to get everything right. And, and unless the until that point, they never want to even make the first product live, and they finally end up not making any product live, right? But let's uh, let's put a step back and see what can lead to analysis, right? First one is, I think, obviously, um, we have seen sellers struggling to identify the first category to sell, right? I mean, um, obvious, and um, people kind of, okay, I want to sell on Amazon, or I know so-and-so is making money on Amazon, okay, let me also enter and not able to make any decision in terms of what category to sell, then what product to sell, right? And and getting into all the other points, like where where do I source the product? Which manufacturer which I choose from? I mean, all these things are actually difficult points, right? But again, what I would always see, I have always seen with sellers is like most of the time, I haven't seen sellers making really huge from the first product, right? First product is, more of a learning step like you basically try to sell the first product get the hang of it i mean you created your first listing you uh, put S in you found the upc ea and all those stuff and you created the first listing and it may or may not have a good success right even if you're able to i mean so uh, look at this number right i think again i had seen this number with one of the third party website and there is no way to verify it uh, so amazon around um, of the Amazon sellers out there, third-party sellers out there, they don't make consistent revenue, right? I mean, they just, they have some product or they may not have some product. They are an FBA seller, but they're not making consistent revenue, right? And only 42% of the sellers actually make every month at least one sale on Amazon, right? And it's a very, very staggering number, right? Only 42% of them make consistent revenue every month, right? So, which means that most of the people have the intention and desire to sell, but they never reach to that next step, right? So I would always say that start with the first product. I mean, put a start with the minimum budget and minimum, uh, I mean, spend in terms of advertising as well as the product, whatever it is, learn all the basics. And if the thing, if the product works out, obviously you still have more budget. You can actually expand, launch new products and expand. Or if things haven't worked out, you try to learn, analyze, and then you move on to the next product right again you holding on to a product where there is absolutely no demand or the market is not supporting you there's no point right you're wasting your time right so move on to the next product start selling a new product and i'm i'm hoping that you will find success, some success there
0: absolutely well that's a that's a surprising statistic that you shared with us Dub, of in terms of only 40 you said 42% of our, yeah. of sellers are actually making a month-to-month yep. transaction, which is that the number that you're looking to help people increase that number, obviously? Is that the opportunity of which that you at Seller App are saying, hey, listen, we understand that if there's, of all these sellers and only 42% of them, there's a major market of which either people are actively not staying on top of it or their product is stagnant that needs our help. Is that the number and in the, in the point of which... Is your opportunity, if if that makes sense?
1: So, a uh, great question. Um, I think uh, people, as, as I told you, like I think the sellers comes to us in all stages. Like they did, they come in the launch phase, like where they just launched a product, right? And they may or may not be making any sales. Like so, people come at that stage, but our core audience are people who are okay. They launched, they have some success on Amazon. Let's say in terms of numbers, they're making let's say 20000 dollars revenue per month and now really looking to scale the business, right? So people who are essentially in the growth and the scale phase, that's actually our primary set of customers, right? People who are in the launch phase, I mean, we are there to help you, anything you need help. Okay, you want, you want to audit your listings or you really want to set up your initial PPC campaigns or you want to improve your listings, all of them you can do our platform, use the platform. The platform is there for you. But in terms of a core, audience, we really focus on sellers who are already in growth phase or in the scale phase.
0: Gotcha. That makes more sense. So with that being said, where's the opportunity that you feel is where most sellers are going to that instant growth, that low-hanging fruit, if you will? Is that the advertising route? Is that the optimization route of their listings? What's that initial low-hanging fruit term of when you and the team look at a listing or the person's looking for growth? Where's that instant lift come from that, you, that you're that you generally seeing?
1: Amazing. I think, um, so maybe one year back, Ryan, if you had asked me the same question, I would have obviously told you, get all your basics right, get the reviews, get your good listing, make sure that you have a good, great listing quality, get, get those 15 reviews or 20 reviews, and then start the advertising campaign, right? But I think probably this game has changed in the last six months right and now anyone who is launching a product we actually suggest them to start with advertising right uh, because it's very very difficult for you to essentially be discoverable without advertising at this point of time right and uh, and even if like I, I think we have seen uh bigger and bigger brands like including cpg brand like so we work with some of the uh, top 500 cpg brands out there and who are I mean, I think maybe 2020, they never had a budget specifically for Amazon, right? 2021 is the first year where we saw bigger CPG brand, I mean, allocating, let's say 20-25% of the overall marketing spend on Amazon, right? So currently, I mean, if you, even if you're launching a product, you are just starting, you have to start with an advertising budget. I mean, after getting all the things right, right? And we make your listings good, your keywords optimize, all of them, but start with advertising.
0: Sorry about that. So starting with advertising, best and easiest way to do it, obviously get your, your product in your listing out there. If you're not on page one, obviously this can help you be visible on page one. And like you said, if you were talking about a year ago, or even if we talk about two and a half to three years ago, Amazon's algorithm, if you search for anything, majority of those products listed were organic products. Now it's switched and it's become majority are paid advertising listings. So... It's almost impossible to not click on a paid listing if you're searching on the buyer side of things, um, and coming and bringing to fruition. So, does that so with, with trends and data? And I always say again, like we were talking pre-show, um, always follow the data in the capacity of which don't let data, you know, askew what, what what's right in front of you. Where does this? If you said a year ago you're looking at this, what does data look like? for a beginner seller in 2022. What is it pointing to of, is it more difficult to sell? Is it, is it that the opportunities still exist? What, what, what are the initial data points that you were in your team are really focused on in 2022, whether surprising or not, it just needs to be told, uh, to all the potential sellers out there.
1: So I think, let me see if I can actually bring up one slide, uh, sure. because when you're starting the okay, uh
0: okay we're an interactive show here, so we'll we'll be able to for, for those listening too. I will also be more than happy. If we can point to the YouTube videos so we can go back to which the yeah. slides are. But yeah, if you share your screen or share your slides for our viewing audience, we can obviously talk through. And walk I you
1: through hope you can, can actually
0: see my screen. Yep, there you go, right there. Okay, perfect. So um
1: I think uh, let me go to the search. So this is essentially the journey of every e-commerce seller out there, right? I mean, you start with the search journey where you are identifying the first product to sell, where you are really, really looking at. I think you had Amy as one of the uh, speakers recently in your
0: I did, podcast. Yes. And
1: I'm big fan of Amy, and uh, one of the things she actually talks about is. I mean, I think uh, if you go to YouTube and search for her previous sessions, you will see that. So she actually talks about listening to the customers just from the social media, right? And uh, very, very interesting topic. So what, what in her video she's actually talking about is really, really looking and understanding the actual customer demands out there, right? So a lot of customers, a lot of sellers actually end up selling product, which nobody's, no pain point is there, right? I mean, they don't, nobody has that pain point, nobody searches for that product, but you are fascinated with that idea. That's why you try to sell, But Finally, you end up uh, losing money on it, right? So the first point is obviously to start identifying a category and th- then identifying a product which has a real customer need, right? This can be from your pain point or it can be actually a pain point of someone you have spoken and whatever it is, right? The second thing is, I mean, you really need to sell a product where you can really make money, right? And there is something called power of thirds, right? You really need to keep one third of your pri- pro- price of the product for the The sourcing and it's generally landed cost right you source from a manufacturer ship it to the amazon fba warehouse this should be within the first one-third of the cost right the second one-third is actually for the amazon profits amazon charges like amazon do have multiple things like the storage fees and i mean the fulfillment fees and there are multiple fees which are involved from amazon and the last one-third is actually for your profit right so profit margin is something which you really really have to look forward when you're actually I, I mean shortlisting the product and selling the product right again the common missteps which people do in this case is sometimes i'm not saying seasonal products are not good but again you understand that it has a specific shelf life right i mean you are trying to sell something which is used totally in the summer so you know that okay in the next three june to let's say three months june july august september you may get sales and you may not get sales after that right so again as a beginner seller we will never suggest you to sell a seasonal product but try to sell a product which has a yearly demand right and um, again uh, there are a lot of data out there especially in dashboards like seller app where you can understand the kind of cpc trends cost per clicks uh, uh, trends how difficult is it for you to rank on that product all those data points are actually out available out there in saas dashboards So once you overcome this and start selling the product i think the main problems are uh, we have seen people making success on their product which means they're able to make good sales but when they when it comes to the restocking the inventory or when when it comes to getting more inventory for your product either the manufacturer i mean kinds of goes away or you're not able to find multiple options so that's, again, a problem which we have seen. So ideally, you need to keep the options open and keep at least two or three trusted um, sourcing agents or the manufacturers for your product, right? And again, mm. uh, as you when you list the product, uh, you may or may not get the sales as uh, in the beginning days, right? So you might need to try with different listings, options, try with various keywords. You might run automatic campaigns, understand what's working for you, what keywords are working for you, and then make changes based on that so again here again uh, there is no golden bullet out here but again um having a right pricing um and, and learning more about the customer behavior that will really help you in this case
0: absolutely i love this breakdown too it's very it's very easy and straightforward in terms of how to understand and just how to grow that business would you would you consider that it's more difficult now to as as a amazon seller it's more difficult now than it was maybe, like you said, four years ago, Let, let's even take a notion when Solar just joined. Is it more difficult now to sell on Amazon or is it actually easier now with all the tools and resources and um, services out there to help people along that journey? What would be your initial um, response to that?
1: I think it's uh, It's kind of both. I, I won't be able to comment whether it is easier or difficult because 4 years back obviously there was no softwares out there which would have helped you to essentially optimize or identify the user search keywords or i mean even plot a demand graph of your product right that's that absolutely never existed right but now if you look at it there are at least like four or five different softwares including seller app which is there to help you out so um, in in terms of com- in terms of competition definitely it has increased the number of sellers are very high right But at the same point of time, the number of buyers coming to Amazon also has increased. Right. So if you look at it, it's like, uh, I mean, close to 40% of the e-commerce sales of I mean, online sales comes through Amazon.com. Right. Um, Mm I'm just talking about states and it's almost common in all geographies. Like when when we look at essentially data from Amazon, Japan or Amazon, even Amazon, India. Right. The the growth is phenomenal. Right. And Amazon itself is growing over like 30, 40% year on year. Right. So. Uh, the competition has definitely increased, but since you have access to all these softwares out there, it helps you to optimize your listings. The first version of your listing itself is really optimized, right? And then you can run your advertising and then you can actually drive the traffic to your page and see how the customers are behaving for your product. So, right. so the time which will take for you to understand whether your product will make or break, it's very easy right now, right? I mean, we have seen like uh, probably three to four months right now. You can really understand whether the product is going to do good or not do good. Earlier, it might have taken like a year or six months to one year to figure it out.
0: Right, with the notion that Amazon is really leaning to building brands now on Amazon instead of just selling product, what is how does that changed Seller App in terms of the messaging or just maybe even the tools? Does that has that changed just core functionality of which? You need to pinpoint sellers from a beginning perspective of, hey, from the get go, it's important to understand the brand voice or just the branding nature of which you're going to start to develop your journey on Amazon. It's easier to start that way instead of change mid, two, three years down the road and switch over your entire structure of your business. Well, how how does that affected how you have to teach new sellers?
1: And a great question. Again, I think. Um... So, even if you are listing your first product or you are selling only a couple of products, right? I think it's very, very important for you to think Amazon as a very, very um, long term, right? And I think I, I let me just put a quote from Brian Tracy. I think uh, he actually uh, said sometime back, uh, said, said that like, excellence is not a destination, it's a continuous journey that never ends, right? So, Amazon uh, essentially, the day you Uh, list your first product the journey is just starting right and you should always keep that brand in your mind right I mean okay let's say okay I have only one product right now or I may have only like two or three products right now but when I have multiple products maybe in the same subcategory or in the same category how does it going to look like right or what is that um, which creates a lasting impression for my customers right I mean, starting from all your branding, coloring colors, and the text, and how your product—how do you show the benefits of your product? Everything, right? So, it's very, very important for you to think uh, from the day one about building a brand, about creating a long-term game, right? And and I mean, it's not a, it's not a six-month game or it's not a one-year game. It's a very, very long tail, long-term game of let's say three to five years. And keep that in your mind even when you uh, start with your first product.
0: Absolutely. What what about um I guess on the in the few minutes that we have left with each other is there is there any more focus that needs to go off of just Amazon instead of just the just one solution component of selling only on Amazon? Have you guys thought about the education in which direct to consumer is important and how to support or even be in that lane as well, I, I know like Amazon itself is its own own dragon, if you will, but knowing that lots of sellers are going to start to have that pivot function or that supporting factor, if you will, of building a brand or having just a, an externalized focus, it doesn't have to be the major revenue source, it can be a supporting function. But has that become part of the framework on which seller app? helps people get going or helps them understand the importance of
1: so definitely i think uh most of the sellers out there like at least uh i mean for all the people who are in at least in the growth and the scale phase like um, growth means let's say someone who's making 100k or 200k per month revenue on amazon i mean what we have always seen is like i think we did a recent survey with all the Uh, mid-scale sellers out there. Amazon is one of the channels, right? And they might be selling in multiple channels like Amazon or let's say Walmart or um, other eBay or other platforms. So Amazon is a very, very stronger, bigger channel like where maybe 30-35% of the revenue comes and they might have their own uh, website like maybe a Shopify or a Magento or WooCommerce website where they are generating another 30-35% and all the other channels put together maybe the rest of the last third of the uh i mean third of their revenue right so amazon is is a major channel but again at the same point of time it's very very important for you to be uh, diversified i mean i would call it as like okay i mean and all these channels will have its own uh way of you optimizing it and gaining the user And, and also one more point is you may not you may also see different customer personas coming in different channels right i mean so the, the the users who come to Amazon might be very different or the user type may be very different in terms of the people who might be coming on Walmart, right? So once you get your initial sales momentum and you are already in that growth phase, it's very important for you to be very active on at least three or four different channels depending on your category of product and uh, be active because it's, it's always good and it's also kinds of de-risk de- yourself, right? Okay, I mean, something happened let's say some product is taken down for a couple of days a couple of hours you still get that sales on the other channel so it's very important for you to be uh not not in the beginning okay you are identifying the first product to sell don't go to five channels and try to sell it i mean it's very difficult right so you focus on one channel get that initial sales momentum get into the growth phase then now concentrate on three to five channels
0: absolutely so in 2022 what's that what's that next thing that is the major top of the priority list for either you, the team or to make sure that sellers are supported in that function. Is it PPC? Is it just fine tuning the tools? Is it going into a different completely different topic that we discussed today? What, what's that, those initial focuses to, to achieve here in 2022?
1: So we are surely doubling down on PPC Ryan. I mean, I think, um, the importance of PPC is more than ever. I think like, um, I mean, you are a beginner, you're a bigger, you are a big brand, you need PPC, right? And Amazon is also like kind of innovating so much. I think the advertising has changed a lot. Amazon itself has come up with a lot of functionality. So I think PPC is something which we are doubling down. And uh, so we have, um, uh, I mean, we have actually, uh, I mean, one of the core feature which Seller App right now provides is the automation functionality. So we have uh, built uh, two directions. One is essentially, let's say you are, um, I mean, you want the seller app to do everything for you. That means you just specify, okay, this is my ad budget and this is what I'm trying to achieve. The platform automatically does that for you, right? I mean, so you don't need to understand, what, you don't need to learn what happens inside. It's like a black box. You define your input, you also define what do you want, the platform automatically does it for you, right? That's the first thing. Second thing is we have also built a lot of advanced features using um, insights and automation, right? Automation means you are an advanced user. You really want to understand what's working, right? Okay, let me just bring in, bring in another slide which will help you to get it. Uh, okay. I hope. Uh, okay, I hope you can see my screen.
0: There you go. Okay,
1: perfect. So, um, so the first thing is, uh, it's a very simple math problem, right? I mean, you just launch your product, and you have just one campaign, and you have one ad group, and let's say you have fifty keywords under that ad group, right? And um, and you are a smart person. You takes you let's say you take twenty minutes for you to optimize a campaign every week, right? And so in a month in a month, around 80 minutes, one more than an hour you're spending, which is okay. But when you start scaling up, right, I mean, you have multiple campaigns, like in this case, like 10 campaigns, and you have, uh, again, the same number of ad group and keywords. So what will happen is it actually increases your time taken from 20 minutes to three hours, right? 200, I mean, 200 minutes, I mean, three hours, it actually takes for you to essentially optimize your campaign, right? Let's assume that you have a couple of products and you have multiple products in maybe in same category or same subcategory or in different categories. At that point, this actually increases very significantly, right? From three hours, it reaches to three days. Even if you are hiring a person dedicatedly to managing advertising, it's not going to help, right? So that's the reason what we have done is depending on your, uh, I mean, depending on your phase of the journey, right? the automation can really help you in different ways. One is it can obviously help you to save a lot of time, which means that you can define the inputs, you can define the strategies, give it to the platform, and the platform can automatically create insights or it can automatically make the changes on behalf of you, right? So the changes technically comes under around uh, four different buckets. The first one is, uh, again, all these things are working purely based on some of the variables, right? like orders, number of orders, number of clicks which happens, what is the ACoS you want to get or the impressions, right? So you can look at all the variables and you can create all these kind of different, different automation rules like, okay, I want to save money, right? I mean, okay, any keywords, any search terms which are essentially have more than X number of clicks but no conversion, market negative, right? So the money saver rule can actually work in that way. Or it can be, okay, I want to get a target A cost. Let's say I want to go to 30% A cost or I want to get into 20% A cost, right? So you might have different, different, okay. The first thing you really need to do in this case is to have a good campaign structure. But if you have a really good campaign structure, you can specify that, okay, for this particular campaign, I really want to get into a 30% A cost or 20% A cost. And the platform can actually make those changes on behalf of you, right? The next one is essentially the keyword harvester where you really want to increase the visibility you want you want to understand what all things are actually working for you in the automated automatic campaigns identify those keywords mine those keywords and then create more visibility for your campaigns right so all these are different different automation rules which will really really save you the time right and we have seen uh both Uh, advanced as well as the beginner sellers using these rules very effectively to save the time to create the strategies and let the platform do it for you all those things right so again uh, this is one functionality which we really feel now no seller can actually live without it right I mean because the time you are taking to run the campaign optimize the campaigns have actually really multiplied so you need really a system like this to essentially automate ads for you
0: it makes sense for automation and i 100 percent agree of at scale again this is what ping pong is all about too is at scale saving time money and effort in that capacity of your investments of your time has to the greater time you spend into something is it's, it's going to suffer somewhere else so if you can invest and automate in certain aspects of which it's you know inventory or like you said ad management i think certain aspects of ad management can really help you with that lift and help you grow your business substantially. So it'll be interesting to look in the future and how you can help and save that time aspect, Um, which again, leads to money and effort in other areas as well. Very cool. So we, we covered very high level basics aspect of where to start, what it's looking like for beginner seller right now. And as they're scaling in the, in the final couple, like minute or two, what's what's got you excited about 2022 as compared to the last couple of years of is is there going to be significant growth or are you are you excited about different tools that amazon's getting giving access to sellers what's kind of that excitement level for you um here in the new year
1: uh obviously the growth of e-commerce is like amazing the last year we saw the e-commerce adoption really growing across the geographies right so and uh, so one thing I'm really looking forward to is like um i'm I'm really looking forward for a lot of those small uh, and medium uh, base sellers medium scale sellers to really become essentially move to the growth phase right and um, so many I mean we, we saw a lot of people who are actually launching very very interesting products in Q2 and Q3 unfortunately q4 was not, that great for them because of all the supply chain issues and all the
0: things which are available. Yeah, are you going to fix the supply chain issue for us is that something you're going to work on <laughs> just kidding <laughs>
1: unfortunately <laughs> we. we <laughs> not, <laughs> but again at yeah. least at least this year we are hoping that um, i think uh people have learned from it and people i mean i i i hope that there are no much issues this year right but again we're hoping a lo- lot of sellers whom we started working in the last year i think many of them have, started becoming matured and they will essentially move to the growth phase. So this year uh, we are really, really looking forward. So last year, in terms of advertising again, like we actually managed close to around $320 million of ad spend last year, right, 2021. And this year, at least the, the internal target, which for our team is to at least reach to 10X of it, right? And from all the geography. So we see enormous growth happening from geographies, such as like Middle East markets, Amazon Japan, Amazon India is obviously a core market for us. Like I think we are really growing and we are working with most of the top sellers out there in Amazon India. So it's gonna be really exciting. Advertising is something which you have to watch out for. And uh, again, um, we recently, I mean, we are about to expand a couple of other channels. So which you should be seeing the
0: announcements very oh, soon. Very nice. Yeah, Nice little tease there at the end of the episode. I'm excited to hear and see what you guys, you guys are growing so quickly and that's what's really crazy scary. I'm going to say it for you. It's probably very scary, but also very exciting at the same time and the support level of which your tools are helping people develop their businesses, grow their offerings, and then also just being able to reach worldwide. I think that's what every entrepreneur wants to do and it's really cool to see another business like Yours again again congratulations on success over these past four years to many more years of success for you and the team in the future um hopefully in 2022 we'll be seeing you guys in person and not (laughs) virtually like this but we'll hopefully uh we'll be keeping an eye out for those announcements here coming soon how can people reach out to you i just want to quickly if people like what they hear they want to learn more what's the best way to get in touch with you or the seller app team
1: I think you can just drop me an email directly. It's Dilip at the right com, or just go to cellarap, there is a scheduled demo option. I think one of our team will be happy to talk to you.
0: I was gonna say, you probably built it out so they can come to you directly via the website. So, hey, thank you so much uh, Dilip for coming on Crossover Commerce today. Now I'm gonna call you a friend of the show, so you're more than welcome to come back on. And if you have more slides to share, or just more thoughts and notions and data points, uh, You're talking to the right crowd and the right host here. So more than welcome to come on anytime and uh, share your insights here on Crossover Commerce. Yeah. Thanks for doing. Yeah. No problem. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone again for joining me and Dilip of Seller App today here on Crossover Commerce. This is episode 205. If you liked what we hear, give us a thumbs up. Go ahead and give us a review on social media or on your favorite podcast destination. Again, we're on all the different podcast channels, um, Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple podcast, wherever you might listen to your podcast, go ahead and subscribe to Crossover Commerce with Ryan Kramer today um, and be notified of future episodes like this one that we had today. Thank you so much again, Dilip of Seller App and all the team there. Fantastic people to work with there. I, again, everyone, I come from technology before I joined, um, you know, Crossover Commerce and uh, Ping Pong Payments, such great functionality that their tools are bringing Again, it's really hard to, great great tools that are continuously evolving with sellers um this is one of those great companies so you want to check them out again go ahead and check them out at Sellerup.com. just mention crossover commerce for ping pong payments when you talk to the team over there but otherwise thanks for tuning in live on crossover commerce again we have an action packed week ahead of you um go ahead and throw up some different uh episodes we have six is going to be with david perry of caro we're going to have Dylan Carter of Aura. As you can see, there's lots of Ds happening this week. Episode 208 here Thursday with our friends over at Perch. The trends of 2022 and what to look for in the tech talent and turbulence of 2022. And finally, rounding out our week with Valentin Radu of OmniConvert. Customer lifetime value in e-commerce. All those great topics and episodes are coming at you this week. Just go ahead and subscribe to us on our channels on social media to be notified when we go live on our social channels on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. I'm Ron Kramer. This is Crossover Commerce. We'll catch you guys next time on another episode. Take care.